0: Live from the Oregon Trail and brought to you by Glad Trash Bags. Don't get mad, get glad. Trash Bags. I'm Delmon.
1: And I'm Malicious,
0: And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 36, and we're recording on December 3rd, 2011. And, Allie, why don't we still have theme music?
1: Well, it's kind of funny. I was camping the Woolworths for a $2 Tickle Me Elmo when suddenly some old lady pepper sprayed me.
0: Well, I don't have time to deal with your shopping experiences. We have a very special guest here with us. So let's introduce uh, Dave Smokejumper-Georgson, the EverQuest franchise executive producer.
2: Welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate the welcome.
0: Okay, so let's get down to business. And our first question, Dave, for you is: Where does the smoke jumper handle come from?
2: That's interesting. It, uh, I've only ever been smoke jumper at SOE. Um, most of my life, I I used uh, QIX as my call sign because uh, from way back in the arcade days, you could only have three letters. But uh, when I came to SOE, it was to take over PlanetSide originally back in two thousand one. And uh, at that point in my career, I had I had uh, taken three jobs in a row, which were basically jumping in and bailing a project out from disaster and turning it into something cool. So because um, I thought that that was kind of amusing and I was amusing myself when I picked the handle, I chose Smoke Jumper because I figured as long as I was going to fight forest fires, I might as well call myself it. And that's where the name came from.
1: Interesting. Do you think that um, applies to EQ2 that you came
2: in to save it? No, no. It's just that last time I was here, I used uh, I used the handle and because people knew me from before as Smokejumper, I just used it again.
0: So as uh, as the grand poobah of the EverQuest franchise, uh, what what is your role? What does that actually entail?
2: Well, <laughs> uh, basically, I run around telling people what my opinion is, and then expect them to act on it. I guess that's what my role is. <laughs> no, uh, really, what it is is uh, recently, up until now. Um, I have been acting as the full producer for uh, EverQuest 2 for the last year and a half or so. And it's only been in the last half a year or so that I got the promotion to uh, become in charge of the entire franchise. So what that means right now is... I spend a lot of time with EQ too, of course, but I also spend uh, time with EQ and EverQuest Next, uh, overviewing what they're doing, helping them with uh, uh, slates of ideas, prioritizing things, figuring out ways to um, help them be more successful both in business and entertainment, um, and, uh, and, and dealing with the producers a lot as far as the composition of the teams, uh, what the morale is like, uh, making sure that we're doing the right things to be as smart as we can with what we're doing. And uh, it basically, they gave me the position because I've been doing this for so long that um, they figured I had a couple of things to share. And that's why I'm kind of a producer of producers now.
1: So do you have time with all of this, all these responsibilities to to play EQ2? I mean, obviously, you're covering both EverQuest and EverQuest 2, but we're most interested, obviously, in EQ2. Do you have sure. a chance to play?
2: Yeah, all what, the time.
1: Um, what what class do you identify most with? What do you enjoy the most?
2: Well, back in original EverQuest, back you know, way back in Beta Four, I played a Troll Shadow Knight, so that's still what my prime—that's uh, always been my main for both games. Has been a Troll Shadow Knight, but right now I'm actually playing a uh, Ratonga Bruiser up, and I just got up to about level thirty-eight last weekend when it was the double XP weekend. <clears throat> Excuse me, double XP weekend. Yeah, I play all the time. Mostly recently, I've been playing on Beta, of course, because you know we need to see what's in beta but um uh yeah live live last weekend and i played as often as i can i like the game
0: well as because we are a hardcore podcast we're going to need to know what your crit mid and crit chance are to see if you you measure up for us
2: no no no
0: no, i'm not going to be doing that (laughs) (laughs) do you dabble in the trade skilling side of the game at all are you mostly an adventure guy
2: um, I, when I, uh, when we opened up EQ2X, um, no, uh, crafting is something I've done in almost every game as a player. Um, I didn't do it in original EQ, but I've done it in almost every game since. I even got, I even became a grandmaster armorsmith in uh, in Dayok, and that was just as punishing as it possibly could be. Um, and absolutely worthless. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, uh, so I, I've, I've, I've crafted a lot in every game. And in this game, I've only um crafted one character up to level 90, and I did that on EQ2X after we opened it up. And uh, so my uh, main over there is a wizard, and he's a level 90. Uh, uh Oh, yeah, that's a great time to block on a name, Dave. Um, you make the spells for uh Shadow Sage. Knights. Uh, uh, yeah, th- uh, no, no, no. Jeweler. Not, no. Alchemist? All right. I'm sorry. There we go. Thank you. <clears throat> it's Alchemist.
1: Thank you know what's scary
0: right. I'm actually leveling, <laughs> leveling an alchemist, and I didn't know that myself when I was first thinking of it.
1: So you mentioned EQ2X. Um, now that Free-to-Play has been announced for the entire EQ2 game, what's your take on the player's response to it? What's What's your take on their reaction? Has there been anything that's been surprising for you?
2: No, not really. I mean, uh, EverQuest 2 Extended has been out for a year and three months. Um, everybody's pretty much gotten used to the idea that it's it's not evil, it's not bad, and they've mo- almost everybody that's on live has at least gone over and dabbled a little bit in EQ2X, and really the only thing that they have to complain about with that experience was the power items, and we're removing the power items, so there's not much to complain about, because what we're all really doing is taking the subscriptions uh, make, and making them optional, and then not having a download cost. Other than that, it's the same game. If you don't change what your subscription is, you don't have to pay attention to any of this detail. You just life goes on. <laughs> it's only if you want to start playing as a free player, or um, the fact that we're opening up the gates to let lots of other people come into the game and try it out. Um, those are those are positive things. Population is good, so there's not a lot. There's not a lot to be negative about, as long as you you just think about it a little bit. And we haven't really received much negativity. The only thing that we had any negativity over at all was the character slot issue, and that just took us a while to figure the math out. And then we posted that logic and watched other people suffer through the math, and that was kind of amusing. But, uh, uh, yeah, the character slot thing is fixed, and there's there's just not – are you hearing any negativity? I think I've always been resistant to -to free-to-play, and it
0: wasn't necessarily the free-to-play because I think that is a good model because it it gives people options, choices of how much they can pay to play – Right. What I'm always worried about and, and it's it's the baby stepping of the fluff items towards game affecting items. And although like you suggest it doesn't exist today, I'm fearful what might come down the
2: road. So I'm 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 afraid of the unknown. Sure, and that makes sense because um well in the past we've been a little heavy-handed on a few things. So, you know, I admit that. We're, well, we're trying to be really serious this year about getting you guys involved in a lot of stuff. And by, when I say you guys, of course, I mean everybody, all the players. Traditionally, the game has been, you know, we try to communicate on the forums, but you know what the forums are like. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the trolls enjoy their game. <laughs> and it, and it's tough to fight them because if you pay attention, you lose. So um, uh, the forums are tough to get really good feedback from. So we have to rely on things like fanfares and talking to people individually and customer service reports and those sorts of things. But that's why I want to start putting in the in-game polls. I suspect that there's a lot of really good information. There's a lot of uh, opinions we're not hearing at all. You're a broadcaster, so you're familiar with the concept. If somebody calls you, you have to figure there's a hundred or a thousand other people that have the exact same opinion out there, but didn't bother to call. Uh, right? absolute, wow, absolutely. Wow, I'd be
1: really thrilled if there were a thousand people.
0: <laughs> he's, he, he's rounding up, and we'll accept that roundup. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> that's
2: fine. Hey, let's go 10,000 while we're at it. <laughs> so there's a lot of people out there that are basically not voting. And I want to put in these in-game mm-hmm. polls so that we can start posing questions like, well, let's say, um, like, for instance, on EQ2X, I really like Self-Rest Scrolls because I'm one of those solo players that charges into madness and tries to see how much I can get away with. I'm, I'm, I like Leroy Jenkins myself, right? That's, what, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of player I am. And so the self-rested scrolls are really fun for me because I can just pick myself, pick myself up, dust myself off, and try again. So I'm going to miss those. If we wanted to put those back in the game, though, we know that there's people that have issues with it. So what we would do is we would put in an in-game poll that says, you know, like, would you like it this way? Would you like it that way? Would you like it with a longer recharge? Would you like it with a shorter recharge? Or would you like it to never be in the damn game ever again? And, and we'll just we'll kind of look at the polls, and whatever the polls decide, that's what we'll do. Because there's a lot of things we can do. We have more ideas than we can possibly implement. So if you guys hate one, there's no reason for us to do it. I would say I look forward to a poll like that. I think, though,
0: as long as we as the players get to see the, the feedback that you did get, the results, yeah, because I'll be I'll be the first one to jump on the conspiracy bandwagon and say, <laughs> I guarantee everybody said no, but they did it anyways. You know, uh, so if you came back and said, hey, you know, we got here's the pie chart breakdown of the players of what they chose in our poll. Here's the results for yourselves. So you can see that you all want this or the majority yeah. of you want this.
2: Absolutely. And, and you know, like you're going to see results sometimes where we look at it and we just think that's oh, too great we're not going to do this, it's too great, it's too big of a mixed bag. Um, the things that we're going to probably go ahead with are the things that are going to be fairly overwhelmingly positive. But yeah, um, you're right, we need to post the feedback, and we will definitely do that. Uh, this is supposed to be more and more of you guys owning this game. Um, the the attitude of uh, Age of Discovery with collectability and customizability and you guys getting to actually impact what's going on in the game a lot, uh, th- we want to take that a lot farther than this. This is just the first step so eventually um you guys will be more and more control of a lot of the decision making you'll be helping us uh, with opinions uh you may even be able to do things like uh, well i don't want to go too far because we've got a lot of irons in the fire and i'm if uh, in the fire and i'm not really supposed to talk about all of them yet <laughs> <laughs> but we really really are serious about it we want you guys to be heavily involved in the game way more than you've ever been able to be involved before i mean you're Involvement in the game to date is generally running guilds. That's not enough. That's my opinion. So is that why we're seeing things like Dungeon Maker? Yes, absolutely. That's why almost everything in Age of Discovery can be completely customized. I mean, almost everything. Uh, you can customize the mercs, you can customize the trade skill merchants. Yeah, Reforging is all about customization. Dungeon Maker is you making dungeons and then being able to have everybody else play them. We're opening a big door with this. Interesting. Uh,
0: Just to jump back to the free-to-play a little bit, you know, in the beginning it started out as the, for lack of a better term, separate but equal model. What made you change the direction to bring it to to all the the subscribers?
2: All right. Well, hmm. tricky question. Basically, times changed. The industry changed. People's attitudes changed. Um, When we first put up EQ2X, the reason why we siloed it off was we knew that lots of people didn't want anything to do with it. Um, and, um, and honestly, it was also an experiment. If it failed, we didn't want the rest of the game to fail. We needed to make sure that it was a, it was an individual thing. But it didn't fail. It thrived. I mean, it's 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 still one of the most populated servers. In fact, it is the most populated server on, on for EQ2 at all. And um, and you know how friendly the people are over there. And, and part of it's to do with the fact that there's fresh faces constantly. Well, fresh faces are good for everybody. When we talked about it and talked about it, what well, we realized that the, the real wall that we had put up was kind of there so that we could also screw around and put in items that uh, people didn't want on the live servers, that we could experiment with some of the power items and stuff. But you know what? They just aren't worth it. They're not worth a separate community. And over time, we started hearing more and more from you guys that you were upset about having separate communities. The EQ2Xers hated being individuals. Um, apart from you guys, um, and your attitudes on the live servers changed significantly over time uh, to being a lot more, uh, what's the word I want, a lot more um, accepting of of the people and, and the fact that it wasn't a bad thing. So when it eventually came to the point where we realized that what we wanted to do was make um, subscriptions optional, What we the, the conversation started with us wanting to give you a non-recurring uh, subscription option. That's where it all started. And once we realized that that's what we wanted to do, at that point, we were effectively taking the game free to play. Because once we give you a non-recurring uh, option like that, it's, it's only a little tiny baby step to just allow people to play whenever they want to play, uh, you know, and, and let the people come in for free. So it started not being a wall. It started being a, a bump. And all we had to really do was move, remove the power items, and it became not objectionable. And so we did.
0: Sure, and I would imagine, too, it's going to allow you to, say, reduce your FTE costs a little bit in terms of having to maintain two separate environments, two separate forums, two separate everything else that have gone along with it.
2: Yeah, I guess you could, yeah, we weren't really thinking of it um, as a cost thing, but you're absolutely right that marketing gets to focus on one game now instead of two, so that's a, that's a that's a big perk. And um, and from the management side, yeah, community hated the fact that there was two forums because they were basically having to post the same things in two different places and having to um, prevent all this. You know, the fence was just not as cool as we I mean, it was never a perfect solution. When we did EQ2X, we knew that we were doing it because we needed to do this experiment to prove that it was going to work in our industry. And um, and it was it was we knew that this was a trend that was going to keep coming. And in fact, what we're doing right now, in my opinion, is a bridge. It's a bridge product that eventually will flip over to real free to play. And uh, and the whole industry will move that way eventually. But that's not going to happen for a while. I don't know when it's going to switch, but it'll be like dominoes, just like what's happening right now with with uh, with my, the free to play models that you're used to right now.
0: Sure, sure. So do you think maybe at some point you'll see it carry forward into the EverQuest and potentially maybe EverQuest Next uh, games as well?
2: Well, I can't talk about everything. Fair (laughs) enough. (laughs) Um, Maybe. Yeah, I can't announce stuff. Okay, fair enough. (laughs) We have some announcements to make about other games. I'm not going to specify which ones.
1: So since we have you backed into a corner, I wanted to sort of uh, ask you directly, what's the deal with recurring subscriptions? Is there going to, in fact, be a discount for 3, 6, and 12 months, as there is now, once EQ2 goes free to play?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think they are discounted already, aren't they? Is there nothing on the website? Well, the website's thought... wrong. Oh, is it? The web, The Matrix
1: doesn't say anything about a discount, and – I and several other people, I've been, I've been looking everywhere for the official word, but there's nothing official, and um, the Matrix shows just $14.99, and people are assuming there will be a discount, but I just wanted sort of an official, yes, there will be. Yeah. And, and yes, it'll be exactly the same as it is right now, because what's on the website on the FAQs is actually old uh, info. You know what? It's not
2: accurate. I can't tell you it's going to be exactly the same because I don't have the details right in front of me, but I am mm-hmm. certain there's a discount. I just don't know what the size of it is. There's no way that we're offering a 12-month subscription with no discount. Hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate your money up front. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh. There's a lot of industries that do, do that. <laughs> well, I mean, I know that we're giving away the, uh, the 500SC when you have a recurring uh, subscription of any duration. Um, but uh, I don't know what the discount is. I'd have to find out. Well, it'd be really awesome if we could get
1: that officially written somewhere. Yeah. you in uh, Matrix or...
2: Yeah, or it the
0: FAQs we on push the-
2: that if we want people to buy it. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'm, I'm writing it down right now, so don't forget. Awesome. Yay.
0: You were just talking about forums a moment ago and, and some of the trolling activity that can go on out there. Uh, a while back, you had made a post about uh, the, the concept of an Insta90. <laughs> yeah. where yeah. people could purchase a, a max level player w- was that a was that an opportunity to, to seek out feedback from the players
2: yes it was and it was also me fooling myself that i could just have a generally um uh, casual conversation on the forums i don't know what i was thinking <laughs> <laughs> did you did you actually
0: learn anything was there anything valuable in that in that lengthy thread
2: Yes, uh, I learned about the attitudes of people towards the the level 90s uh, giving away like that and why they felt that it was important that we not do it. So that was useful, Um, but I wasn't really serious about doing it, to be honest. I was asking uh, a fairly extreme question because uh, I had recently taken the exec role and I was talking to the EverQuest guys and they have this uh, the 5150 thing that they do on their game. Um, and where, you know, you basically can become a level 51 right away when you uh, are doing the Recruiter Friend or something. And uh, I thought that that was kind of an interesting thing because it gives people a leg up and gets them to the uh, later content. So I was just exploring it. I would much rather make it so that the low levels are just super entertaining and nobody ever wants to skip. I mean, that's, that's the best solution in my opinion. But I was asking to kind of get a sense for whether people were just tired of the old content. I was trying to kind of pick to see what it was about the trip from one to eighty nine that people didn't like, and that didn't really come out. So sometimes I ask questions from a weird angle so that I don't poison the answer. Um, but it didn't. It didn't really come out the way I wanted it to. And we certainly are not going to be doing the level ninety thing anytime soon. <laughs> I actually really like that thread
1: because I, I like the idea behind you asking that question, and it, it was almost like a brainstorming type of thing, but I was like, whoa, he's getting over his head here. Everyone is going <laughs> to jump on him, and they did. So yeah, I, I actually like that, but it's I don't know what the players will exce- – I mean, it, there's so many tinfoil hat people. It's, you know, when, when the executive producer comes on and says, well, what about this? People automatically think it's going to happen tomorrow.
2: Yeah, and that's why I'm not going to do it anymore. I've been making games, I've been producing and directing games for 23 years now. And um I've been on forums over and over and over again. I'm I'm pretty much immune to the name calling and the trolling and all that stuff. I have got a huge rhino hide. I'm not really worried about it. But um the problem is that when I have conversations like that, uh other people are not immune to it. And so I'm in I end up accidentally causing harm even though it doesn't bother me, other people get really really upset. And I don't want to make that happen.
0: I mentioned it in the previous show that uh, I actually think an Insta 90 is a good thing. And uh, I'll even go so far as to put it, say it should be thrown out there on station cash. Now, is it for me? No. Uh, did Did he just fall out of his chair?
2: I no, think I, I, didn't know. I didn't say a word. <laughs> it sounded like he
0: fell out of his chair there for a moment. You know, is, is it for me? Absolutely not. I, I wouldn't purchase one, and nor, nor would I do that, because to me, uh, the getting there is, is the fun, not being I 90. Do. But I can see in certain scenarios where, you know, if a raiding guild needs a, a level 90 dirge, for example, and they, they just can't seem to recruit one, uh, rather than make somebody log in a Tune and a whole bunch of folks mentor him and power him through to 90 just so that they can get them all, all up to level, um, you know, where's the fun in that? They're just circumventing the, the, the system, the, the fun anyways, just to get to the to the end, which is the fun for them. So uh, I, I can see if people want to do it, sure, why not? Uh, the, this concept of, oh, you've got to know your class and you'll learn your class over 90 levels, well, I don't think some people who are being power-leveled or mentored through the game are doing that anyways. They're just trying to get to 90 anyway, so is it going to affect me? Well, I kind of bump into those people already in game, so you know, as as much as it surprises me, I'm actually kind of pro Insta Ninety myself. Why not? Sure, go ahead. Maybe I'm the exception. Ah.
1: <laughs> well, you, ah, the, I'm uh, anti.
2: <laughs> I'm the one that posted the question, but I'm kind of anti the the whole idea. Also, I don't like the I don't like the fact that players want to skip that content. That indicates to me that there's a serious flaw in the game. And what I would rather do is identify what it is that people don't like fill it in, make it a really fun process, and then the game stops being a game about getting to 90. I'm sorry, but that's a terrible thing that's happened to MMOs over the years. Um, it's, just, it's gotten to the point now where people just don't have any fun until they get to the end because they feel like they're not any good until they get to the end, and that's ridiculous. The game is supposed to be about exploration and enjoying the, the quests and, and experiencing the challenges and stuff, and if that's not fun, we're missing something. And our goal for this next year is to get that fixed.
0: You know, I, I'm really glad to hear you say that because when EQ2 first launched, for me, that was that was the, my mission statement. Getting there is the fun, not being at the end. And for, at, at launch, it seemed to be that. EverQuest 2, there was so many places to go, so many things to do along the way. Uh, the, and, and things to do, you could, you could engage in an epic at a lower level. You could do quests. You could do dungeons. It wasn't just about... Being, being max level which it kind of was from, from where I came from from EverQuest uh, but it seems over time we have evolved into that to, to like you say the fun starts at, at max level uh, so I, I'm, I'm really excited to hear you say that. You know, that's a focus of the team is to, to try to get back to putting that fun
2: in along the way AOD is a big step turn that in that direction. That's one of the reasons why we're doing Freeport Reborn so that we can revitalize the city and make it so that it's multi-level and, and dynamic in, in that respect so that whenever you will go to Freeport, there's always something to do. Um, and we're, um, and we're going to go back through and uh, We've, we've pioneered a lot of stuff over this last year, and the reason why we pioneered these things was so that we could exploit them in this coming year. Things like uh, uh, Dynamic Dungeons and the Dungeon Finder and um, uh, the things that we're putting in AOD. Mercenaries are going to be fantastic for opening up content in this game. When you only need a couple of people to be able to go do any heroic content in the game, your Vista's just opened hugely. Like you, you were, you were limited as a solo player or like two or three people to pretty much just overlands in the easy dungeons or, or, or look for something that's blue to you, you know, blue or green or something like that. Now with mercs, you can go fight everything at white and yellow, uh, white and orange and, and you can go into heroic content. If you get six players together with mercs, you can go into, do an X2 raid. That's cool. That opens up so mm-hmm. much of the game to so many people, and, that's, and, that, and that makes that experience from 1 to 89 so much more interesting. A, a, a couple of my friends were on beta with me um, uh, last weekend, and we were just – uh, taking our mercs around and ripping up heroic dungeons. And I've never had this much fun in YouTube. 2 I mean, it was really fun. <laughs> it was like having a group all the time. I know, I know. I get very excited about the game.
0: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I, I am excited for mercs as well because, uh, you know, Allie, one thing Ali and I have been doing is we've been farming a lot of shinies, but we've gotten to the point where our, our ranger-templar duo combo we just can't handle what we still need. We've already farmed all what we can. So maybe that, that Merc can fill in that role for us to help us go get those shinies that
2: we're still missing. Yes. You can do your epics. You can do heritage quests. You, got, oh, blah, blah. I mean, I, it's just it, it opens up so much stuff. I'll tell
0: you, I will be pissed, off if a Merc rolls on a shiny that I need and he takes it. I, I, oh,
2: my God. <laughs> We we were seriously joking about doing that. We, I mean, not really doing it, but what we wanted to do was every once in a while, like if you took a merc on a raid or something like that, and it was a big chest, what we wanted to do was put a uh, chat message in there that said the merc rolled need. <laughs> 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 yeah, we figured people would hate that a lot.
0: <laughs>
2: i have already paying JFK
1: over- every now and then. <laughs>
0: I'm already paying him. Now he's taking loot, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the other thing. We were going we to make it so that it looked like he actually took the loot. That would be even better. <laughs> and then logged out. Oh, man. Yeah. oh, yeah, and then logged out. That would be even better.
1: Yeah. Oh, Bristle Game Day.
2: Mm. <laughs> yeah, maybe for your bristles, yeah.
1: <laughs> In recent memory, we've had some pretty well-publicized exploits, We don't really want to talk about those specifically, but one thing I wanted to ask you about is, and this has been on my list for over a year now, what's the difference between a bug and an exploit? And you can't give the porn answer of, I know it when I see it. Uh, Like, what are the
2: defining characteristics of each? I'm just going to give you my personal opinion. This is not an SOE position. Uh, My personal opinion is, it's a bug if it's not supposed to happen. It's an exploit if it's not supposed to happen and it gives you advantage and you abuse it without telling anybody about it. You know what's right and what's wrong in a game. You know when you're exploiting a game. There's nobody that exploits a game by accident. It never happens. You're not, oops, I didn't mean to accidentally get level 90 without working at it. Sorry. It <laughs> doesn't happen. <laughs> so uh, everybody that is exploiting is doing it on purpose. I've done it in other games. I'm not, I, I'm not, I mean, a long time ago, I've, I've done things that I didn't want to do, that I wouldn't do now. It, it's not a mystery. The, the people that want a real hard definition between bug and exploit basically are trying to find loopholes in our definition of exploit so that they can snicker and say, ah, I'm not exploiting. And that's ridiculous. You know when you're doing it. We're all moral people. You know what you're doing. Del would call it,
0: What? what do you call it? A modified form of gameplay? Yeah, one day I said it's not, it, it's not cheating. It's a modified form of gameplay. Um, and, you know, I think of something as simple as uh, you, you're engaged to dragons in some dungeon, and, you know, he's got a frontal cone or something like that. He's going to breathe on you. So you back him into a corner, and maybe his head sticks through the wall a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. to, 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 you know. But that's been going on since kind of day one, and that's the, mm-hmm.
2: that's the way every guild or every raid does that. Yeah, I'm not going to go around and slap people's hands. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, if it's in the game, uh, uh, well, okay, all right. It, let's pick on that example uh, right there. Um, if you backed the dragon into a corner and he just couldn't use an ability, I call that gameplay. If you back a dragon into a corner and force his head through the collision so that he can't breathe on you, that's an exploit. Because you're okay. exploiting a bug. It's clearly a bug. Whereas the other one is just being smart.
0: So using geometry to your advantage in a zone is, is, not, a, is not an exploit. It's, 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 a, it's a smart gameplay.
2: Yeah, you're I, using your environment to modify your gameplay. That's totally to- completely
0: valid. But if I get him wedged in the wall so he can't attack us, but we can all hit him, then, eh. we're okay. then, that, then I've kind of maybe crossed that line.
2: Yeah, and you're not even really doing anything bad as long as you tell us about it. I okay. mean, that way, that way if we think it's really important, we'll go in and fix it. Because the game is supposed to have challenge. Games are not games without challenge. Sorry, that's my opinion. Clearly, people that play mm-hmm. Facebook games don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs>
0: there,
1: were, there, there are times when I feel like I'm exploiting. Like, for example, during that Dragon Ring event, the Spire building recently, with the, the shinies that you could farm and oh, yeah. buy tokens, uh, the shards, I mean, at the end of an event... At the, event, at the end of the event, you could have an instance that was, say, the fifth instance of Eastern Wastes, and if you stay there, everyone else empties out of the zone, nobody else comes in, so you're the, you could conceivably be the only one there and just farm shinies, farm shinies, farm shinies all day and buy a bunch of shards. Is that considered exploiting?
2: I, I consider that something we should have fixed, <laughs> um, but uh no, it's not really an exploit. I mean, okay, exploits good. are I exploits are kind of a kind of a gray area. I mean, the 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 example of sticking a, uh, somebody's head through a wall is a better example of what uh, is a concrete exploit because you know that the designer did not intend you to stick a monster's head through the wall. You just know that's not part of the game. <laughs> So that's more of what we normally call an exploit. Hanging back and, and collecting shinies, uh, well, you know, we didn't kick you out of the zone, so it's not really an exploit. Does that make sense?
1: It does. And I, I, I know, it's kind now. of a
2: hurtful. We don't usually pick on people that are exploiting the game because it gets into these really fuzzy gray areas. Um, and right. honestly, as long as people are happy and it doesn't bother anybody else, I don't care so much, really. What, what really bugs me is when we get into those kind of dragon-in-the-wall in the kind of examples, uh, where they start to really annoy me as exploits is when people start saying, this is the only way you can run this raid, because this is the easiest mm-hmm. way to get the loot. That's an exploit we want to fix, because that's not fun. There's no gameplay left in the raid. You're basically breaking it on purpose and collecting the loot. That's not gaming. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Well, we stuck Nexona's yeah. head in the wall many times, and she still killed us for about a month straight. <laughs> <laughs> ah,
2: sorry, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, using the dragon in the wall uh, as a generic example he, and he not is. trying to pick on you. Right. Sorry. <laughs> so, so
0: I feel, I guess to some degree I feel okay sticking her head in the wall. I, it was partially, probably, too, because of the way her hitbox and all that lined up that her head just wound up in the wall as the tank backed into the corner. But she, she certainly uh, cost me many a mender bill. Uh,
1: Well, and the funny thing is people do that all the time. I mean, when they find the easiest road, then it becomes the quote-unquote norm. And that's what gets passed along to other people. So everybody Uh, starts doing it. you know. And if you don't do it that way, you're doing it wrong, according to whoever. So, I mean, I remember in labs way back when, we used to, with Lord Byam, we used to pull him in a particular spot because he couldn't hit you. Uh, There was one spot, maybe it wasn't that mob, but... Uh, you couldn't get hit at all. And I knew that wasn't right, and that always bothered me, but that's the way everybody wanted to run it.
2: Yeah, I would prefer that we find out about those. I mean, I, I think we actually know about some of these, and we just need to wrap back around and fix them. But um I would prefer to know about those because we can make the game more entertaining for every – I mean, there's – okay, <laughs> When I came back to the game and I started playing and I leveled all the way up to 90, I started uh, playing with the, the Uber guilds and getting involved in them. Of course, they didn't know who I was. Um, so I was working my way in as a newbie into some of these big guilds. I'll tell you, I, I wasn't very happy with my raiding experiences because basically I was getting told, um, this is the way we have to do it. There's a formula. You have to stand here. You have to do that at exactly this time. And that's the only way you do it. And if you deviate, you're out. And I'm sorry, that's just not a game. That's just not fun at all. <laughs> so uh, uh, I think that what we need to be doing is wrapping back around and looking at EQ2 and trying to figure out how we can make these um, uh, encounters more dynamic and more entertaining. I'm not talking about going back and changing the ones that are already there. But I'm talking about when we go forward with new stuff, um, we, need to, we need to be uh, making them so that they're less prone to this kind of activity and more fun as a game. After all, we're supposed to be delivering entertainment.
0: Uh, that is true, and not uh, running across the room every 35 seconds and then running
2: back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, some of the raids are really, ever, really fun, but not all of them. Yeah. Do you ever
1: um, do, you know, how, like, at grocery stores they have secret shoppers? Do you ever, like, be the secret player and just pretend to be just some Joe and sneak around and join raids and see what's going on, what, how people play just to sort of get a behind-the-scenes view of what people do?
2: Well there I isn't think that would it, be kind of neat. Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, there isn't an invisible spectator view uh, in this game like there was in Planetside. I used to fly around in Planetside and watch people play, and oh, my God, I learned so much. But in EQ2, I've got to do it the hard way, which is basically I, I just play up a normal character. Um, all of my characters, nobody knows who I am. Um, and the reason why nobody knows who I am is because if I show up in a game, I don't care what game I'm running. When I show up in a game, it becomes a chat room. It's not fun anymore. I usually show up as just an anonymous player, and that's the way I play all the time. I don't let people know who I am because if I let people know who I am, I don't get valid feedback. You're
0: right. You're right because they probably they either have a guarded approach to you or they dump all the all their game problems on you. <laughs>
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have let a couple of people know uh, who I was in past games, and I have always regretted it. Always. So I just don't do it anymore.
0: Uh, can we uh, shift gears a little bit? I want to talk about uh, the EQ2 mobile app and the EQ2 players sites. Um, I'm
2: sorry, we, we have a mobile app? I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, you know, these add-on apps—they—they they, they seem to be really cool, but they seem to they seem to languish after they get launched. They, they they become abandonedware very quickly, and the database changes, the game changes, and these, these add-ons, EQ2 players, that sort of, the, the mobile app, they don't keep up with them. They break, and then they just they just become broken and stay broken forever. And I I have to wonder, doesn't that leave a bad mark on the game a bit?
2: Yep. Okay. <laughs> <No> ar- <laughs> I mean, seriously, no argument. What, what can I say? It's a black eye. Um, uh, EQ2 mobile is just, it's not a good app. And, um, uh, we, uh, I, I don't know whether you've noticed or not, but we've taken down all the advertising pointing people to it. We're, we're, we're essentially mm-hmm. pretending it doesn't exist right now. Um, and, uh, we're hoping to be able to wrap back around and fix it. But the, uh, the team that did it, it's, it's just not a very good product. Um, EQ2 players on the other hand, um, Tuesday, the sixth, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday sounds nice when I say it. Maybe we'll do that then. Really? Maybe. All righty. Now now I have to take another vacation day. There's a lot going on this Tuesday. Okay. I
1: want my leaderboard back.
2: Well, yes, Allie Allie brings it up. Our leaderboards coming back? All right. I will will say this much. Uh, Yes, they're actively working on it. Yes, it's coming along really well. Yes, it's a complete overhaul. Um, the data is solid. It's being updated regularly. It's not, uh, it's not like the once a day or once every blue moon updates like it used to be. Um, and, uh, uh, yes, it is coming back. Um, I'm not going to guarantee it's Tuesday yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's still a couple moving pieces, but we're shooting for it. Well, in your defense, Mugripper,
0: you did say Tuesday. You didn't say which Tuesday.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: no, but that's great because, uh, if there's one thing that I've always put on my Frostfell wish list, it's, it's the leaderboards for them to get cleaned up. Uh, unfortunately for Unrest folks right now, they're just flat out broken because I think something that occurred during the, the Nagina Unrest merger. Uh, but again, I, to some degree, that shows off, uh, gives players a way to show off their e and builds, the, builds that competitiveness, gets their juices flowing. Oh, that person has a higher spell than me or, a, or one more quest. Let me get back in and do some more and try to move up that leaderboard
2: again. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, we've always wanted to put it back up. It's just never been the highest priority. When we um, decided to put, I mean, y- you'll recognize the fact that Tuesday is a big day for us, right? You know, free to play, um, Age of Discovery, the Freeport Reborn, um, uh, the EverQuest2.com site is completely overhauled. Uh, the EQ2 players is hopefully going back up. We just, we just changed the launch pad. We're opening up the, the Russian servers to free to play, uh, in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're doing the uh, live gamer um, uh, uh, changeover so that everybody's one big happy family again. I mean, we're doing a lot to this game right now. <laughs> a lot. And so we're pushing it. I mean, the press is recognizing the fact that we're putting this effort in. We're starting to be on everybody's watch lists again. People are starting to pay attention to us. It's very cool. What we're doing is getting, is starting to get the ball rolling again. And, if the free-to-play surge works at all, and we get some more people back into the game, um, you know, like, uh, more than we usually have, then, uh, well, yeah, it could be a really good year for everybody. It would just be fun to play with this game completely revitalized again. I think Dungeon Maker is going to be a huge win long-term, um, and, uh, and, it'd be, and Beast Lords are fun, and Mercs are great, and all of that. So, yeah, we've got a good year coming. But the Velius stuff is Parallel. I mean, we have, we have, uh, multiple, t- um, uh, uh, small teams working on things. It's, a, our team is still one of the biggest, uh, teams in the company and we have a lot of people working on this game. So, uh, while we were working on Freeport, Freeport Reborn and all the things that we're launching on Tuesday, we're still working on, um, all the Velius content. We've started, um, cracking into the Kena stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on our plate right now.
0: So let me ask you a little bit about the test server. Uh, there's been a lot of players who are playing over there and they, they report, uh, bugs and defects and exploits as well. And uh, quite often we see what folks report somehow still makes it into the game. Uh, can you talk about how a little bit why that happens and what maybe we can do as players to help improve that process so that things do get fixed before they make it into
2: live? Sure. Um, well, <clears throat> first of all, I'll admit some guilt. Uh, we were not paying t- uh, as much attention to the test servers, uh, uh, test boards, and the beta boards as we should have been. Uh, the beta boards, we were guilty of it with uh, the Velius launch, and the test server uh, on one of the recent GUs, there were some bugs we really should have seen. Um, and so we've made a, a big effort this time around with AOD, and uh, and recently with the uh, test server feedback, um, we have reports that go in uh, automatically to the design team now that go from the slash bug and the slash feedback lists. They automatically get filtered and sent out to people. Um, we've uh, changed things so that we're. I don't. I don't know whether you've been on the beta forms much recently, but I've been uh, participating on them a lot and playing on beta a lot myself and interacting with players there. And then I create reports and feed those back to the pertinent parts of the team about, you know, code and design and art. And um, uh, I think that our uh, communication level on that has gone way up. So I'm expecting that um to uh, improve a lot. But that being said, <laughs> uh, if you report a bug as a player, then you're waiting for that bug to get fixed. I don't really care what the bug is. That's your most important bug. It's the one you that it's the one you reported. Uh, it's the one that you're watching for, and that makes total sense. But it's one of a bunch, <laughs> and so uh, we we have to fix things in a priority order. And we're not always going to fix every bug that gets fi- that gets reported on those forums. Does that make sense? It, it does, and I think. Mm-hmm.
0: The, the challenge, though, is and you're exactly right. Uh, I, as a player, submit a bug. It is the, it is the most important bug. It's, it's my bug. It's, so, therefore, it's preventing me from enjoying. So it, it is the most important one. I think what what troubles folks sometimes is the lack of two-way of, yeah, thank we, thank you for your information, but, you know, we've had to, you know, and I don't want to make this sound easier than it is, but we, we've had to classify that as a C-level bug. You know, there's A's and B's and C's, and this is a low-priority one. It only affects one person on Tuesdays who play Ratanga who have this piece of gear on or something like that so it's, it's a small percentage granted it's important because it is yours but in the grand scheme of things it's low and I think when we put them in we don't get that feedback so they appear to go into a black hole
2: yeah, no, that's fair. And we're going to have to work on some kind of feedback mechanism for that. I mean, honestly, I, there's no way I could commit to individual feedback on every bug report that comes in from players. In fact, the more successful we are at getting people to play on test and on beta servers, the more ridiculous that would actually be.
0: <laughs> I complete, um, completely understand. But, you know, you as a player, too, can see you send it in and you just you hope for the best.
2: Yeah. Uh, What we need to get better at is posting known issues lists, and I tried to do that a lot better in this beta. In fact, I have an announcement in the beta forum that's basically, here's the feedback we received from you, here's how we're reacting to it, and then I started crossing things off as we implemented them. I haven't been keeping that up to date. In fact, I need to get on that today so that people don't think that that stuff is still outstanding. But um, but we went through and we collected feedback, and then we posted exactly what we were going to do to fix things. And uh, during the beta, I think that this was probably our best beta process we've had in quite some time because the players were saying, thanks, that was really cool, I'm so glad you did this, we didn't expect this change, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah, we get it, and I think we're in the process of fixing it. Uh, that's great, to hear, and I think you did do
0: some of that with the Dungeon Finder when that was first coming out. So, uh, one, two, you don't want to report a bug that has already been reported and is in the queue because then you're just, you know, wasting man man time of people managing bugs that have already that are already being resolved. Uh, so, as players, if we know what is broken or has been recognized as broken and know that's already being addressed, then we can move on to the next thing or or be waiting for that to come. Right. That makes sense. Uh, let me ask you a little bit about rebalancing. <laughs> Uh, it it seems to be a little bit of an ongoing process all the time. Uh, It seems every Tuesday we're seeing hot fixes about AEs hitting for less, mobs having less hit points, being less trash, and and that sort of stuff. From a player's point of view, it just seems at times that uh, content is designed and then it's it's released into the wild, and uh, the development team sits back and watches to see what happens and then and then attempts to address it after the fact, which can be frustrating for players, especially for myself seeing this this, uh, term I like to call now, Fint it, fix it next Tuesday. Let's put it (laughs) out there, see what happens to it, and then we'll address it. Is there something that we as players can do to try to help content get get designed correctly the first time or or balanced correctly the first go-round?
2: The answer is yes, there is something you can do as players, but the likelihood of it actually happening are extraordinarily mm, slim. Okay. <laughs> uh, see, what happens is whenever we uh, uh, put it, I don't care what the game is, um, whenever you put it into beta, people come in and they do help you test it, and it's very cool. They'll look for bugs and so on and so forth. But nobody plays a beta the same way that they play a live game. I don't know why, but they don't. People aren't as serious about getting to the end game. Like um, – I'll use PlanetSide as an example. Uh, when we, uh, when we ran the, uh, beta of PlanetSide, everybody played it exactly the way the game was designed. They, uh, they coordinated their tasks, they had combined, uh, forces, they were, they were running around defending bases, it was really, really cool. Day one, we turned on the switch, they didn't care about any of that, all they wanted to do was get to level 20. Period. Like their their gameplay just completely changed, and that happens with uh, betas and stuff in EQ2 also. So like we'll put in say like uh, say like we put a raid in, and we'll even invite some of the top raid groups to go in and and play it so that we can get feedback. The fact of the matter is they just don't play as hard when it's on beta. They just don't have the same mindset. So when we put stuff out, a lot of times what we have to do is intentionally make it harder than what we're seeing people be able to uh, um, to uh, beat in beta because if we don't, they just trounce it on day one. And so there, there, a lot of times there's this, um, there's a guessing game that you do based on the feedback that you get in beta about where it needs to be when it's in live. You can't just rely on the feedback you get from beta. It just doesn't work. What about test server? Do you feel like the players on test are more serious
1: about, more committed about really testing out the the new aspects of the game? Do you feel like people play on test uh, fully the same way they would on live?
2: We have some players on test that are simply amazing. The reports we get from them are incredible. They they might as well be professional bug testers and, uh, and game designers. Um, but there's not very many of those people on test. And in fact, honestly, the test process is difficult. It's difficult to get your character onto it. It's difficult to get a download of the game. Uh, so that you can uh, play on it and these are things that we need to fix um, one of the things I want to do uh, or I would like us to do uh, we still we still have to discuss this I, I brought it up on the boards before is I want to create the uh, the veterans system so that it's a lot more flexible than what it is right now and uh, so that you're earning tokens for the veterans system every day well when we get a system like that so that you can then spend the tokens in a category in the marketplace and, and get whatever you want to out of the veterans category once we have a, a system like that I would like to incentivize people to go to Test and play the quests, or beat the raid mobs, or whatever it is, and be able to get tokens towards those vet rewards. I think that that would be a really cool system, and we might actually getting people uh, incentivized to come over and play test um, uh, for the for the things that we really need, and drive really hard at it because they're getting rewards at it.
0: I absolutely agree with the with the previous launch pad system. Uh, getting to test was was more than a challenge. Uh, to the point where, you, as a player myself, I got frustrated, threw my hands up and said, I, I, I can't figure this out. I can't get into it. Uh, the doc is not up to date. Uh, so I gave up at, at some point. Hopefully with the new launch pads, that will get better. But I I think you're right. I think incentive, uh, incentivizing, throwing the carrot. Incentivizing. A, throwing, yeah, putting a <laughs> carrot in front of people. Uh, hey, I'm a carrot and stick type of guy. Uh, I respond to the carrot. Uh, would, would motivate players to go over and do that sort of stuff. Today, there isn't that. Uh, to some degree, sometimes I don't want to spoil the live content for myself by seeing it in beta or test. So sometimes sure. I tend to shy away from that as myself. I, I want it to be, I want to have an ooh and ah moment the first time on, on that Tuesday when it comes out.
2: No, I'm with you. I don't play betas very often anymore, except for uh, you know in- industry investigation. Because if I'm serious about wanting to play the game, I like the fresh eye thing. I get that. I totally understand that. But there's people out there that are willing to help us, and we're making their lives way too hard. I mean, it's too difficult to help us, is what I'm saying.
1: So a little bit about uh, the the changes to the stat system, the the gear and the stat changes that we've seen recently. Uh, we've seen a lot of people talking on the forums about about the system and the effects that it's had on gear. And I, I get the sense, and I feel this way too, that classes seem to be sort of pigeonholed a little bit and eliminates the customizing of your own personal gameplay and takes away some of the different things that people have done in the past with the way they play their character. Uh, I know my husband plays a healer, he plays a mystic and he's always played a dps mystic that can go either way if he's needed for healing he'll he'll he has a healing set and aa set and then he'll he'll go dps mode so we kind of understand the reasoning behind this change was to make itemization easier going forward but do you feel like you have taken away so much creativity do you think it was a fair trade off
2: well, I have to correct an assumption there. This was not at all to make itemization easier. This was... Uh, if we wanted to be easy on ourselves, we wouldn't have done this at all Um, because it took uh, about four months of time to be able to do the re-itemization sweep. The reason why we did the re-itemization sweep had nothing to do with making our lives easier. It was all about making the rest of the world off of the golden path legitimate for questing again. Those uh items out there... I mean <laughs> before the itemization sweep when was the last time you did thundering steps <laughs> You didn't <laughs> I'll just answer for you you didn't you didn't play in common lands you didn't play in thundering steps you didn't play anywhere that wasn't on the golden path because the items were horrible So um what we did was we uh we we knew that we wanted to make the game is all about inter- being entertained, and if you have things in the game where the the itemization isn 't any good, then nobody wants to go there so you can 't do things like dungeon finders you can 't do things like um, uh, 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 ask anybody to come into the game and only play a, a tenth of the content that 's just ridiculous so we needed to do the itemization sweep so that we could lit- we could make everything legitimate again um, the fact that um, uh, some things changed is definitely still under uh, a discussion o- inside the the team i would say that we do want to loosen up stuff like what you're asking and that we were maybe a little bit restrictive the first time around but on the other hand the job of changing 50 to sixty thousand items is gigantic and if we had too many variables in that mix it would have been (laughs) i know people are going to laugh at this but it would have been a disaster it would have just been awful and uh uh, and now it only took us a couple of weeks to iron out the kinks in that in that system, and we can go forward with the game uh, being in a situation where we can make changes that, that can uh, provide more um, uh, variety and stuff like that, whereas before this change, that was just, frankly, impossible. You would have been stuck with that absolutely awful loot for the rest of time, and you'd still be doing butcher block, butcher block, butcher block, butcher block every single time. And that's just not what we wanted out of the game. So uh, uh, more variety, more um, more options is better. And then we'll go forward and um, and improve things. Like I said, this next year is all about this kind of thing.
0: For myself, I'm always torn when it came when it came to this because uh, coming from d and D pen and paper background, you know there was a lot of choices you had to make. You know, did you take the plus one? Or did you take the plus two with a minus one on on something else? And so, so you'd sit there, which, which which do I want? Which do I want? And it's somewhat situational and whatnot. And and coming from EverQuest and EverQuest Two, when it seemed to first start, there was a lot of that. Ooh, do I want high wisdom or do I need the agility for for dexterityness or or, or avoidance and that sort of stuff? So you'd sit there and you'd wonder a lot. So. Uh, at times, I really like the "Gee, what do I really want? What do I really need to customize my character to make him special or different?" To the sometimes, you know what? Just tell me what item next is, and I'll go and quest for that, or or hunt for that, and, or loot chase for that, and put it on. I don't have to think about what I'm giving up for. And I'll just—it everybody's got the same thing. Everybody's every, everybody's in the same channel as to what they have. Uh, So sometimes I don't know. It depends on what type of mood I'm in at any given moment. Sometimes I like choice, and sometimes I'm like, ah, just give it to me.
2: Uh, no, I actually agree with you. That kind of gameplay did get genericized, uh, and, and, and we miss it too. Um, it's something that we want to put back in. We did put some of that back in, uh, in the late stages right before the itemization relaunch so that there were items that had the wild swings like, you know, most things would be like plus fives and things like that, but maybe this one item just has plus 20 on a stat and no other stats. Um, so we're starting to add more of that variety back into the system, but we have to be really careful when we do that stuff and, and the discussion will happen after we do this big launch on Tuesday.
0: Uh, yeah, too, because with along with that, it was the uh, if you were raiding, for example, you all the raiding gear that you would receive during the loot chase uh, was certainly better. There was no hands, if hands, or butts about it. It was better than heroics. So as a player, and this is something that I think was a side effect of that for me, being a raider, I have all my raid gear. Well, I didn't do the heroic zones because there was nothing to chase in them. There was no reason to go into them, and I'm still embarrassed to say, there's certain heroic zones, DOV zones, that I don't think I have ever been in yet because there was almost nothing there for me to gain yet. Um, so I think that, that may have been a little bit of a side effect of the, the hierarchical loot system that it just made certain content, uh, not only loot, but the content that came along with that loot undesirable or, or an unnecessary uh, thing to do.
2: Yeah, and that's bad. Um, we have, we have to fix stuff like that. People need, um, I mean, the, the idea is to provide entertainment and make the, uh, the process of running through a dungeon or overcoming a quest or something like that entertaining and fun. Um, but ultimately, <laughs> there has to be a payoff at the end of the rainbow. Um, and so we need to make sure that that stuff is in there and that's a constant readjustment as, Players' patterns change around as uh, populations move around. Um, <clears throat> things become obsoleted and, and not worthwhile anymore. It's very difficult to get people back to older content. We have a lot of ideas of things that we want to do, and we'll be pursuing some of this in the in the coming year. Like I said, everything we've been doing till now is foundation work for the really, really fun stuff that we're doing for the next couple of years. Um, this is a very long-term project. Yeah, Sony's extraordinarily behind this game it's one of our biggest games and we're taking care of it as much as we possibly can
0: and, and it's funny too a further side effect of that and something we talked about just before we started recording was was dungeon finder and ally and i have talked about this is i'm i'm hesitant as a player because it's so late in the game and i'm so embarrassed to say i don't think i've ever been in in the ascent I, I don't want to queue up for that because then I'm gonna get put into a group and I'm gonna be the healer and go, guys, I've never run this and they're gonna look at me going, Wait a minute, this content's been out for a year and you've never run it and you're you're decked out in hard mode raid gear. What what is wrong with you, kick? <laughs> you know? <laughs> next thing next thing I know, I'm finding myself in Kinos Harbor going, Wait a minute, what just happened?
2: I can't stand that attitude. I just hate that attitude as a player. Like you know this kind of elitist thing that where you you have to know every single thing about the game in order to be able to play it. I just don't understand that. Where did this become such a uh, lather rinse repeat machine where all you're trying to do is pull the pull the handle and get a, a, a loot jackpot. I don't understand that. You're <laughs> supposed to be playing a game to play a game. I still don't get it. Cuz it's <laughs> so, supposed to
1: be fun. <laughs>
2: I know. So what I'm trying to say is that when somebody kicks me from a group like that, I'm basically saying thank you because this would have sucked as an experience anyway. <laughs> I'd rather play with somebody else that wants to play. And then you're writing down their name, going,
0: "I'll re- I'm Smokejumper, and I'll remember him later."
2: <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. There is there is no retribution. <laughs> I have never done that. You know, another thing that I've always wanted to do and I've never done because it's just it seems evil to even consider it is I want to have like a I would love to have a ghost forum name. Where I could just like argue against myself. Like, did you ever, did you ever read uh, *Ender's Game*? Uh, no, I haven't. Oh, oh my god, really? <laughs> Somebody hasn't read *Ender's Game*? <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, there's there's a, a brother and sister in that book, um, and they uh, adopt anonymous personalities, and they're trying to basically sway opinion on a global scale, and so they end up becoming these kind of avatars that argue against each other but are always in collusion, just nobody knows about it. I would love to do that. (laughs) That would be fun. But, yeah, no, I I don't do that stuff. I'm I'm not that person. In fact, if you talk to my team or anything like that, it's really funny when people are always spinning these conspiracy stories and stuff on me. I'm the most straightforward, honest guy you're probably going to meet in a long time. And you're going to have to just get to know me before you trust me to that point. But I just don't lie. I just don't. The only time that people get upset at me is when I omit things because I'm not going to lie to you. Well, so I can't better, tell you everything. You're a better player than I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, should I get back up on my soapbox and rant a little bit more? Should I? Oh,
1: no. <laughs> Dell keeps a hey. list. He's got a notebook with, with the names of all the players who have ever wronged him. Oh my I'm sure God. I'm on there at some
2: point. <laughs> That's hysterical. So in other words, we don't give you enough ignore spots. Is that what you're telling me? Uh, <laughs> there's not enough room to put the
0: full story. I like to explain why I, I – because I, years ago I, I looked back and I said, I don't even know why I'm
2: ignoring these people. Who are they? <laughs> I know. That's why every time I pull up my ignore list, I'm like, I have no idea who these people
1: are. So uh, talking about Tuesday, about the Age of Discovery expansion, what's the thought process behind making an expansion of features rather than content? I mean, it's sort of a multi-part question. What, what, what was the thinking behind that? Is this going to be sort of the model going forward, or is this sort of just a trial?
2: We're an entertainment business, right? So our job is to entertain, but ultimately, we are still a business, and uh, we're constantly re-examining reexamining how we want to um, be successful as a business because you get an option. You don't have to do things exactly one way all the time. Um, Now, it's traditional in MMOs to release content packs, but I don't believe that's the best way to do things. I just don't believe it. Um, I think that content is something that should be released regularly and, and without charge as much as possible so that people are constantly finding you – know, it's, maybe it's that gaming soapbox that I got on just a minute ago again. But basically I, I, I would really like people to be able to look forward to next month or six weeks from now there's going to be this cool thing coming out, and I can't wait to play it. Oh, yeah, and I'm still busy with this other thing. Like last year when we released a raid that was uh, uh, too close on the heels of another raid, that was a problem. And it, and it caused some concerns with the Raiders and everything like that. But a part of me was a little bit tickled that we actually got content out before somebody had actually finished the previous content. I'd like us to get onto a pace where um, we have we kind of hit the stride where people are kind of finishing content right about the time where new content is available. And we can't really do that if we, if we save up all our content and put it into an expansion pack that gets released once a year. Instead, I would rather just make it so that there's always something to go do. So we decided to do that. I, I don't know. Have you read that post I made about the reasons why we did Velius the way we did it and how it affected AOD?
0: Yes. You have? I don't know if Dell has. But. I have, yes.
2: Okay. So, I mean, th- that explained a lot of the reasonings uh, right there. It's basically we really wanted to give away Velius Part 2. It wasn't because we couldn't sell it. We intended to sell it. We just decided it wasn't the right thing to do. Um, and we wanted to put out more and more content that way. So when it came to AOD, it wasn't really an intentional decision to sell features instead of content. That's not the way we looked at it at all. What we were doing was trying to come up with a compelling expansion pack. Uh, and it, I'm sorry, but by my terms, an expansion pack is just something that's worth buying. It doesn't have anything to do with whether it's content, uh, you know, quest content or raid content it doesn't that doesn't matter as long as that other content is also still being provided. So what we put together was a box, well we don't have boxes anymore, but you know what i mean. Um we we put together a um a, a, a an expansion pack that's full of really seriously game-changing features, but it's completely optional and it's level agnostic. So it's this standalone bundle of features and you don't have to buy it. You can play the game completely fine without it. And we 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 think that that's great. In fact, I, I would say that uh, uh, the path of a new user in our game, if they were a complete newbie, would be to come into the game, play the game for a while, uh, maybe in the mid-40s or something like that, you decide you want more. You, you keep looking at that AOD thing because it's there and it's available all the time. And you're like, wow, Beastlords Lords sound cool, and I've played through some of these dungeons that people have made, and now I want to make one. All right, I, I think I'll buy that. Whereas Velius and stuff is only for level 90 and above. So AOD is this kind of separate thing. It's a, it's an optional bundle of features that's out there. And if you like the features, buy it. And if you don't like them, it's optional. That's what free to play is all about. We're trying to make things so that you don't have to buy things. It's, it, it's really important to us. We want you to be comfortable and like what you're doing and leave cash behind if you like the experience. That's really what we're
0: about. Allie and I have always said that, that uh, MMO players are creatures of habit and. This is a a change from the way content has been delivered in the past, so are you seeing resistance from the players that you know because it's not what they're used to that <laughs> they're all confused that with, they're in the headlight
2: syndrome uh, you know you just told me you have read the forums, so I'm guessing that's a leading question <laughs> 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 yeah uh the the protests and everything like that i I don't really know what happened there i don't I don't get it. Uh, the the price is a completely optional thing. We're delivering content on a scale that we've never delivered content on before with this team, uh, and we're not charging for it. I don't really understand why people are upset that the expansion pack costs $40. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's a price, and if you don't want to buy it at that price point, don't buy it at that price point. But honestly – it's worth every dime. Mercenaries, beast lords, dungeon maker, trade skill apprentices, reforging, those are all very cool features, but they are optional. It's up to you whether you want them. Well, I agree. I've always said
0: you know, the way to affect the company's decision process is to to affect their bottom line, either purchase with them or don't. And if you don't don't enjoy something, then don't purchase uh, from them. But I'm wondering in this case, too, do you think somewhere down the road where you're seeing stuff like this where you may break it up to be a little bit more of an a la carte system because I've seen some players talking about that.
2: It's Possible, but I don't have any intent to break AOD up into component pieces. Um if anything, uh with the when we've had hallway discussions about it, we have occasionally talked about adding things to AOD later on if we want and if somebody has already bought it, then they would just get the feature for free. We want AOD to just be a really cool thing and it's just gonna sit there for a long time. Uh and it's a, it's a, it's like an out it's an optional add-on pack. It's like features that you can add to the game when you're when you're uh, uh you you feel like you've exhausted all the the features in the game that are available for free.
1: I think after Tuesday, we're going to see, I mean, people talk about what their experience is, people who who bought it, who are playing playing it. I think you'll see more people ask about it and talk about it and, um, you know, maybe answer some of the questions of, well, what's it really like? You know, what do you do with this? What do you do with that? And I think after Tuesday, we'll see more of that being answered in game as opposed to by on the forums. Cause I, I know a ton of people who never look at the forums ever. They just jump sure. in the game and play. Uh, I think that's where we're going to see maybe the opinion change or, or people really get to know what, what it's all about. Cause right now it's just, it's just a question mark. You know, it's, it's the web, um, the webcasts and descriptions we've read and stuff, it's not really hands-on yet. So once it becomes hands-on, I think people will be more, um, have their questions answered.
2: Well, hopefully people take advantage of the uh, beta weekend. Um, we, just, we just admitted every single person that has applied to beta. So everybody can play beta if they want to and make their own decisions. You can look at Dungeon Maker, you can look at the Beast Lords, you can look at all those things. And yeah, like you said, Tuesday's not very far off. But Beast Lords are a blast. You can tame practically everything in the world. It's hysterical. <laughs> I mean, you run around just. I, have you guys played beta at all? I, I have a little.
0: I'll be honest. I've I played some beta, beta through beastlord. Um, again, I'm, I'm hesitant not to spoil it, and of course, there's always something to do in live. Uh, so I'm one of those, ooh, I want return on my time kind of guys. Okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. But, uh, yeah, we've been, uh, we've been adding stuff to dungeon maker like crazy. Uh, in fact, uh, we just finally got in the thing where you can, uh, set all the different text for what the monster says. So when you place down spawners and stuff, <laughs> you can, you can specify their aggro text, their death text. Um, there's, I, I can't remember what the list is, but there's like 11 different things you can specify individual text things. So you can just imagine what players are going to do in those dungeons. And it should be relatively amusing to see what they they type in those uh, uh, boxes. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just a ton of customization that you can do to put your personality stamp on those dungeons. And, well, you've seen what people do with the houses. I mean, you Mm -hmm. you can look at the housing leaderboard. It's amazing. Just imagine what they can do with dungeons.
0: Housing has never been my forte or something I've gotten into. (laughs) But I'll admit when I look at the screenshots – uh, I, I'm amazed. I, uh, there are some extremely, I, I don't know how to describe them as more than extremely, extremely talented people out there, uh, far exceeding my skill sets or my patience to do that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm proud and embarrassed at the same time at the state of my in-game house. Uh, but it it, 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 it it exemplifies me, I think, to a T in the way it's laid out. <laughs>
2: We're in the same boat. I'm not one. Of, I'm not one of those uh, uh, um, incredible decorators either. But when I see what they do with those tools, and then we realize that we could allow them to do the same things in a dungeon layout, but add monsters and add personalities to the monsters, and set up patrols and stuff like that, so it became active. Then it stops being just a static house. Right now, the housing leaderboard is a really awesome feature, and it's really brought that of uh, the decorator community to life. But if you're not a decorator, eh? You're not that interested. And that makes sense. That's cool. That that feature isn't for everybody. It's for the decorators. But dungeons, if the decorators can turn around and make dungeons that people can actually play, well, all of a sudden, all that creativity is exposed to every player in the game. And that's way cool beyond words. I mean, that's just (laughs) – harnessing that kind of uh, creativity inside of our game – can be just amazing, so if we pull this off, I mean even if it 's not perfect on launch, like for instance let 's say people just don 't want to play as adventurers or they 're not really fond of what the dungeon tokens can buy them, or whatever it is we 're going to fix it. I mean, this feature can be so good and it can be so great we 're going to keep supporting it so um, yeah i 'm really looking forward to what 's going to be happening in the game in the next co- in the next couple of years
0: well, I think what Ali says is true, kind of that. Try try and then buy – th- or that's a bad example or that's a bad description of what I'm trying to say. But when somebody sees a, a, somebody run by, a Beast lord run by, and they've got an armadillo pet next to them, or excuse me, water, they have that armadillo water, they're going to want to buy it, right? They're going to see it and go, you know what? I really wish I had that. You know, so sometimes the seeing it uh, is the best advertising for it. And, and sometimes the webcast, because we, we as players are not playing it, it doesn't come across as well.
2: Yeah, sure. I mean like I I know what you can tame, right? And but I was still playing in beta and I'm standing around in Freeport and I'm looking I mean I was, I was actually hiring a merc, and um uh a beastlord walked up next to me and they had a fade drake tamed uh next to him. And I was like I didn't know you could tame fade drake. That's just so cool. <laughs> That's really awesome. <laughs> and so I was like, "Well, crap. I mean, the, the, I love customizability. I, I think that sandbox games are the absolute most fun things in the world. Um, that's just my personal opinion. That's the kind of game that I love to play. So us adding in sandbox elements into our game so that people can customize their experience to suit their, um, their play style and their uh, uh, desire on the, the way that they look and everything like that, that's huge for me. That's exactly the kind of thing that I think our players love, and, and they're going to like more and more of it as they get more and more of it because it's one of those hungers that once you start knowing that you're hungry for it, you're never full. Creativity is just cool.
1: So my wheels are turning a little bit about what we can do with Dungeon Maker. Maybe we can work on something together, Dell, and do something for the show.
0: So uh, we're going to create a dungeon with, like, five salesman crates and a salesman board right in the doorway <laughs> and nothing more?
2: <laughs> ah. you I know, want that to does snack talk up, you in game. <laughs> that does bring up a really cool point about Dungeon Maker, and one of the things that I really like about it is because it's kind of built on that same housing skeleton, you can set up trustees and you can do co-op building of a dungeon. And that's also cool. I don't know of any other um, uh, game that has ever put in any kind of uh, 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 utility like this to build things and let other people play them that has allowed co-op uh, building. So I think that's a first. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent on it, but I know that it'll be really cool, especially when uh, you start collecting the really big layouts, having multiple people will make it go faster. It'll be a lot more fun.
0: Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh get I'll admit I'm not the best of house decorators, if,
2: if, if,
0: if at all, but I'm willing to give it a shot and see how it goes. You'll have to be a player. <laughs> so uh, EQ2 in general, if politics, money, and technology were not an issue, what would be one thing you would change about the game?
2: Oh, boy. Well, okay, the the aesthetic thing that I would change would definitely be the character art. Um I think that everybody would love to see us have really really cool character art and honestly I think that that's probably the only real negative that we have as, as an as an aesthetic thing when people come in and compare our game against other games. Um so I would love to see us have really great characters. Unfortunately, we have done the assessments on how much work it is and <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a year with multiple people working on it. It's it's just a gigantic amount of work. So we're trying to figure out ways that we can um, maybe start making improvements and stuff like that. But it's a really touchy subject because everybody is used to the way their character look. And in fact, some people love that character art. And don't ever want to see it changed. So we we're going to have to be really careful if we ever decided to do anything like that. But if I didn't have to worry about any of that stuff, yeah, I'd change it in a heartbeat. Um, and as far as the game goes, I would like to go back in time and change any system that has a, a capped stat. <laughs> because capped stats are terrible design, in my opinion. Uh, for an MMO because they basically obsolete themselves and I just really really don't like those I, I think that it's it's not the way that we need to be designing things um, and that's a mechanic that we're constantly uh, running into problems with and that's one of the reasons why some of the itemization things had to change so yeah if I was going to go back in time and I could just change that I would wave a magic wand and make it happen sorry sorry one more thing I'd probably have less skills too um, I Again, this is probably from designing so many sandbox games, but I like skills that, that are different. I like skills that make a difference, and subtle variations don't do much for me as a player. I would rather have fewer options that had higher impact.
0: So say less, you know, not crushing and slashing, just fighting or something like that?
2: Yeah, let's put it this way. The Beast Lord is more my style of gameplay. I, I didn't design it. Um, so I, I'm not claiming it at all, uh, but uh, it, it, it is the kind of gameplay that I tend to favor because it's more active, and the fewer choices that the Beast Lord has on his bar and the few choices that the warder have on their bar are uh, more important to me. They make a bigger difference in the combat, and so I like it better. That's still probably not the way I would have designed a game from scratch. <laughs> you can go look at other games I've built to, to see what kind of games i build. built. <laughs>
0: So since joining the EQ2 team, what one achievement are you most proud of?
2: I'm most proud of the fact that we've um, reestablished the fact that EverQuest 2 is a thriving business. Um, I think that when I first came on board, through nobody's fault, everything was kind of coasting along on a regular, uh, uh, on a fairly even keel, but nobody was expecting anything important out of EverQuest 2. It was just going to be this game that marched on into time, and it was going to do what it did. And that was people's attitudes toward it. Towards it. But I'm not one of those people. When I, when I take over something, I want to win. I'm, uh, <laughs> I don't want to like, uh, channel Charlie Sheen or anything like that. But, uh, <laughs> I, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, I'm just a really, really competitive person. And so when I take over a, a project like EverQuest 2, I want to make sure that, well, f- the first thing I do is play the hell out of a game. And once I play the hell out of the game, I'm looking for its flaws and trying to figure out what kind of potential it has. And it was really obvious to me when I started uh, when I started really seriously investigating EverQuest 2 that it had gigantic potential. And that honestly, it's as good or better than every other MMO on the planet. I can't find another MMO that I look at it and go, oh my god, that's just so much better than EverQuest 2. It's just not true. EverQuest 2 is, in my opinion, the best MMORPG that exists. It just doesn't have the biggest audience. Well, that bugs the hell out of me, <laughs> and what I want to do is is set things up so that we can win, so that more people can find out about these worlds, so that the, 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 uh, the populations can thrive, because everybody knows that new people and new blood and everything like that makes a thriving community, and I want that flavor back in our game, so it's... um I'm not betting the 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 uh, everything on free to play or anything like that, but um, uh, knocking down the door uh, and letting people come in with free to play. So that they can then taste the game and, and get excited about it and, and be able to play it for as long as they want to without committing to it at all. Um, I think that these things are end up, gonna end up being really, really good for us long term, whether it's on Tuesday or whether it's a year from now, it's a snowball that we need to start rolling. And I'm really proud of the fact that the team has rallied behind that idea that we can kick ass and that we can be a number one game again. And that's, that's absolutely the best thing we did this year. Is the team believes that this game is great. And because we believe it, it will be. That's the way game industry works. If the morale is there, the game kicks ass. If the morale's not there, you're going to you're going to put out a turd. There's no way around it. So um uh the fact that the team is where it is and the and the fact that we're positioned to succeed, whether that happens or not, is our biggest accomplishment. So we have you here. We have
1: some selfish, selfish questions for you. For for me, I play ranger. What are the chances of getting a battle warped wood added to the heroic mobs loot tables, or increasing the drop rate on the battle warped wood, or maybe a little, little, uh, some, something from Felden, making rangers
2: errorless? <laughs> yeah, I get what you get what you're asking about. Basically, you're saying your DPS costs too much cash, right? <laughs> There's
1: that, and, and, and the, <laughs> the arrows you get from the wood, it, they're, they're so great, but it's so hard to get the wood. Uh, it takes either an enormous amount of time in trade skill instances over and over and over and over again, or raiding, which, you know, you sort of have to share among the other raiders, so um, just, you know, is there an easier way? Is there an easier way for us to be more awesome?
2: Well I'll tell you what the tricky bit is about it uh with that with that particular uh, those wood drops if we started um well, you know, they're more powerful arrows right so um and that's mm-hmm. why you want the wood so um if we started making the drops more common then we would kind of have to start balancing the raids assuming that you had the wood so it's one mm-hmm. of those catch 22s if we if we start balancing against that then getting the wood won't be that special it'll just be something you have to do um and yeah. I think that you probably like it better this way, even though it's kind of a pain in the butt. Well, I mean, as opposed to the other way around, you could get them for, you could get them easily, but then if it's just balanced against it, well, it's it's not that special anymore. Um, but as far as the, uh, uh, DPS cost on the arrows. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate complaint. Um, I think that originally the idea was that you're, uh, ranged. And so that it's kind of one of, it's a, it's a negative based on the fact that you're farther away from the combat and, and then therefore safer in a lot of ways. But, um, Yeah, it seems a little bit unbalanced, and I'll talk to the guys about it. Wow, is that fair?
1: That is fair. I do like how you started out with you can't have your cake and eat it too,
2: (laughs) because that's (laughs) all we
1: want. (laughs) Well, yeah, we just want our cake and eat
2: it too the game games are a gigantic balancing act of of of, uh, of consequences, and uh, every time we want to add anything in, we have to talk about well what is the uh, what's the chain reaction to that? How many things does that touch? How does it unbalance things like we talk about doing things all the time, um, say like uh, what was it recently? We wanted to add in a feature. Anyway, we step on trade skill toes all the time. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have ideas for uh, features, and we'll be like, it would be really cool to give an item like this, and then somebody will pipe up, oh, no, no, this kind of trade skiller can make that, and if we give that away in this other way, then that's going to screw their marketplace. And I'm like, oh, all right, so we can't do that. And those kinds of discussions happen all the time, not just about trade skillers. I don't want to make them feel bad. <laughs> but, uh, um, but those discussions happen all the time, and the ramifications are always there. There's always trade offs to discuss.
0: Well, Ali, he gave you a better answer than I. If you don't like being a ranger, betray to assassin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't Thanks. say that. No, I know you did, That I did. But
0: uh, I'm sure we have many rangers who will now email me with, uh, with their, their take on Templar Dwarves. But uh, I have a selfish question. Uh, when we originally started jotting these down, uh, Ali made me limit myself to just one. Uh, So mine is about uh, the trade skill instances. Uh, Today we're uh, limited uh, to uh, talking to the NPC and being given one trade skill instance, which is different from the adventure instances where you can uh, hail the the mission giver and he gives you uh, multiple zones that you can run uh, at any given time. Uh, It it seems to to me a little bit unbalanced, and especially sometimes it's such a challenge to put together a real kick-ass trade skilling group and then you're limited to only one one of the instances a day. Would there be a possibility of letting us run any of them on a single day and giving it the, the traditional adventure-like timeout window?
2: Yeah, I think we need to have some kind of um, regulating mechanism in there to keep people from just ripping through it and and, um, and farming the heck out of stuff. Um, but uh, I think the once per day is too restrictive, and I think most most everybody agrees. Uh, it's something we want to look into and talk about Um but I think that the real uh, thing that would make it a lot more fun is if we added in, um, well, we're going to improve the public quest uh, reward system. But when we do that, it would be neat to be able to apply some kind of system like that to these trade skill instances so that everybody that participates could get a reward. Okay, sure, sure. That sounds cool. It just it's
0: sometimes you, you work so hard to put together a really kick-ass group and then you, you do one run of something. You're like, okay,
2: thanks for coming, everybody. Maybe see you tomorrow. Yeah. Whereas this way, you'd be able to keep a group together and be able to do, you know, multiple kinds of them and and everybody would get rewards, which would make it more attractive, I think, in general. Mm. But we still have we haven't uh, we haven't had a real design discussion on that yet. This is all a hallway conversation that I'm repeating right
0: now. Okay, so that'll be it on Tuesday then.
2: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, a little birdie told us that we needed to ask you about your sheep breeding ranch in Minecraft.
2: Oh for God's sake. What's up with that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I um I, I tend to binge on games. Um, and whenever anything, uh, is cool and new and unusual, uh, especially something like Minecraft, which comes out of nowhere and it was made by two and a half guys and makes 70 million dollars, that doesn't make me feel inadequate at all, by the way. <laughs> so, so I've been playing the hell out of Minecraft and looking at it and seeing what makes it tick. In fact, some people caught the fact on my, uh, on my Twitter that I went to Minecon and it was mostly just to investigate it because I'm one of those guys. This is what I do for a living. If I don't know what's going on and why it works, then it bugs me. So I've been playing Minecraft a lot, and I ended up um, – do you guys watch anime at all? A little bit, yeah. Do you ever watch old anime, like um, a Miyazaki film that was called Laputa, Castle in the Sky? No. That's all right. It's a, it's a classic old uh, Miyazaki film, and I liked it a lot back in the 80s, and I remembered it. So in Minecraft, I went ahead and built it. There's this huge floating uh, citadel kind of structure and everything like that. Well, I needed something to fill up the tiers, and so I started a sheep farm. And it's ridiculous. There's like five or 600 sheep in there now, something stupid like that. Eh, it's not that entertaining of a story. <laughs> 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 but the Minecraft stuff is, is, is really interesting because – there's literally nothing to do in that game except decorate, except build stuff. I mean, Okay, now, now they've got the adventure stuff in there so you can kill some monsters and everything like that. But there's no real super point to it. It's mostly wander around and enjoy the, the whole experience and see something new with a procedurally generated world and all this customizability stuff that you can do. And it's really cool how addictive that is for so many people without it necessarily having any sort of loot chase at all. I've, I've never
1: s- tried it, and it doesn't sound like anything up Dell's alley.
0: You know, I, I've seen it, I see everybody talking about it. And I'm like, I should really be into this because everybody else is. I, you know, hey, if everybody was jumping <laughs> off the bridge, I might do it too because it looks cool. But um, then I'm like, like you say, Allie, it, it's decorating. I'm like, I don't. I, I barely decorate my real-life house. I certainly don't decorate my in-game house. This world is all built
2: on decorating. I, yeah. I, but I've I seen just, some of the screenshots. I know. I know. That's why I play it. I, uh, um, mm-hmm. it. I have to understand what's going on here. And I do, I do think mm-hmm. I understand part of it. Um, a part of it is uh, the desire to show off. Now, granted, I play on a social server. I don't play uh, solo. If I, I, I can't play Minecraft solo. It's a waste of time to me. If you can't show off what you're building, why are you doing it? I don't understand it. So there's, there's people that do that and they make YouTube videos and that's how they show off to people is they post their YouTube videos. Which is cool, and I get that. But I like to play on the social servers where um, you you start building whatever you're building, and then somebody just plunks down on the land next to you and starts building what they build. And the uh, the idea of watching these things be created around you while you're building your thing is very addictive, and it's very cool. So uh yeah I just you know it's it's one of those things like I'll be playing Skyrim later on uh after launch uh, I plan on playing Skyrim. I've never been a Bethesda fan. I've never really enjoyed their games, but everybody's playing Skyrim and saying how great it is, so I'll pick the hell out of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if you were uh if you were making cars, you'd know everything about everybody else's cars. And that's the way I look at everybody mm-hmm. else's games. I
0: fear myself for Minecraft a little bit is I got way too involved with Farmville to the point where I was, okay, strawberries are four hours. Where am I going to be in four hours so I can harvest my strawberries? And I'm like (laughs) – at some point I'm like, okay, stop that. Now I'm into, okay, I've got two and a half days to research that spell. Where am I going to be when the researcher is done with my level 30 adept uh, that he's making for me? Uh, So I've replaced one time compulsion with another. But I look at Minecraft going – to me, is it? Uh, do I fear that it's Farmville for me all over again? So I've I've stayed away from it.
2: Well, I think there is a component to it that is that it's um, it's an OCD ADD nightmare. <laughs> if you're if you're obsessive compulsive or or you just have trouble um, uh, focusing on one thing at a time, you can get lost in that game and never come out.
0: <laughs> then I think it's good I stay away because if I, yeah. I fear that if I go in, I'm never coming out. Um, yeah, uh, SOE did that to me already, and I'm still, <laughs>
2: I'm still in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's kind of what we try to build, isn't it? Energy yes. and experiences you don't want to leave. Uh,
0: yes, I remember a long time ago, a friend told me about this online D and D game. It's called EverQuest. I said, Listen, <laughs> I'm not paying a monthly subscription for any game. No, I'm <laughs> happy with Baldur's Gate, and that's fine.
2: <laughs>
0: well, then I finally caved in and. That was, what, 10-plus years ago now.
2: Right. Yeah, social MMOs. I mean, I just don't like single-player games anymore. I, I've, I've completely spoiled myself. I've been making online games since MechNet, back in the Warrior 2 ga- days, and um, I, just, I just don't like it. When there's not other people around, I'm just not, I'm just not interested. I, I don't play console games very often because they're not social enough. I like PC games, and I like online games. That's what I like. So our final and
1: most important question that we ask all of our guests. Bacon or ham?
2: Oh, definitely bacon. It's not even a question. Ham's disgusting. Thank you. <laughs> I this this
0: question is rigged. I, I, I <laughs> we have to fix this question for our next guest because we need to include sausage on this question. I, I, I feel we're we're not Showing all the pig pork products that we could.
2: The problem with the sausage edition is that you have to be very specific about the sausage, because we could go from that German sausage true. to blood sausage to Jimmy Dean sausage, and they ain't the same critters. Yeah,
1: that is very true.
2: <laughs> so I'm just saying you're adding a lot of variables to your test. That's all. No, I'm
0: about. <laughs> but I feel we're not doing the. I, I feel we're not doing all the breakfast meats full justice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, then you have to also add Planta and uh, Teresa, and uh, you're missing a lot here. I, in fact, I'm a little wow. depressed at how incomplete this show is. <laughs> this was all
0: Allie's doing. I had nothing to do with this question. It's this all an Allie
2: question.
0: Yeah, I distanced I myself that. immediately. No, I knew that. It shows
2: <laughs> Well, do you have anything else you want to share with the the listeners? Well, Tuesday is going to be a lot of fun. And after Tuesday, I think that all these discussions about AOD should dry up and blow away. The, the value is, well, I mean, you just going to have to decide yourself. But when I take these um, uh, press folks through the press tours, they start out very noncommittal. You know how journalists are. Um, They're very noncommittal, they're they're trying to be very objective, um, and it's all cool. But when I take them through the the press tour, they're actually hands-on with the Beast Lords, they're hands-on with the Dungeon Maker, they're seeing what what the features actually are. And when I hear things at the end of those press tours, like, oh my god, I can't wait for the players to see this, I know we've got something on our hands. And that's the way that those press tours were all ending. So I'm hoping that when the players get a hold of this stuff, they'll have the same reactions. Well, I think they will. The little that I have had
0: uh, a chance to experience in beta, I'm very excited. I'm certainly looking forward to to mechs and bringing back my Beast Lord from EverQuest when I actually had to figure out what his name was so I could try to use it again. Uh, <laughs> I'm definitely going to make one of him. And although I, I'm a little concerned because I'm out of character slots, so I, I wondered, to, is this a Slick Willy w- way of making me buy another character slot is bringing Beast Lords back?
2: <laughs> slick Willie. <laughs>
0: um <laughs> You know, no,
2: it's not.
1: <laughs> well, I actually have to delete it soon too. So, Del, we can delete our new player, our newbies, if you would like. Actually, I, th- I got to delete my newbie.
0: Yeah, I'm probably gonna delete my. I had created a, a necro. This this shows how little he's been played. He's level locked at four because I originally used him for farming LON boosters back in the day. Uh, nice. But because we don't have those anymore, I, I still have a level locked four necro. Uh, just for farming in newbie areas, I th- I think he is destroyer of elementals, uh, <laughs> and still level four. So I think the beastlord will wind up in that slot.
2: <laughs> no, I was just ju- I was joking with you. I said there is always a character slot option. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I don't expect any. <laughs> we're we're not trying to make anybody buy anything. That's the whole point of this whole conversion is optional. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, Allie, did we have anything else for this, the 36th episode of EQ2 Talk?
1: No, I think that pretty well wraps it up.
0: Well, I think we should first say a big thank you to Dave uh, smokejumper Georgeton for taking time out of his extremely busy and close-to-launch schedule. You're welcome. This was fun. Thanks. We hope you had a great time, and hopefully we can have you back soon sometime. You bet. Anytime. And let's say thank you to this week's corporate sponsor, GLAD, maker of the GLAD sandwich bags, The special yellow and blue make green seal lets you know when the bag is sealed tight to lock in freshness. And Al, you know how much I love a fresh sandwich.
1: (laughs) So if you'd like to reach us, you can do so in several ways. You can email us. I'm Allie at EQ2Talk.com.
0: And I'm Delmon at EQ2Talk.com.
1: You can reach us in-game as well. I'm at eq2.unrest.alicious A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S
0: And I'm eq2.unrest.delmon D-E-L-L-M-O-N You can also join us in our in-game chat channel by typing slash join eq2.unrest.eq2talk We're always in there hanging out and having a good time.
1: Or you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash eq2talk or follow us on Twitter where we are eq2talk
0: Hope you all enjoyed this episode, and we hope to see you back here for number 37. And say goodnight, Allie.
1: Goodnight, Allie.
2: I was going to ask if we were all going to get dysentery and die.
1: (laughs) Yes, in podcasting, it's called research. In regular life, it's called stalking. (laughs) So if you'd like to reach, oh, my
2: God, we're never going to finish this. Oh my God! The pauses were like Shatner esque. It was awesome. Yes. Let's all talk at the same time. <laughs> it's nice <laughs> to be here for your debut show.
0: Did you just ask him if they have a grasp of what we want? No,
2: <laughs> no, nope, nope, we're totally clueless. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Oh,
1: hold on. Let me rework. Okay.
2: We don't know what we're doing. There's nobody at the wheel. It's out of control, man. It's out of control.